Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta. Hey everybody, it's RJ here, and we have a special episode of the 750 for you today. Tony Casillas is out, but in for him we have the fantastic Bobby Belt from 105.3 The Fan. He and I have a great conversation. Some questions about the Cowboys we don't feel people are asking right now, so let's go ahead and get to it. Here is Bobby Belt from 105.3 The Fan. Pleased to be joined now, not by Tony Casillas, who is out this particular week, but by the one, the only, the legendary, the incomparable, supremely handsome, supremely talented, supremely beautiful, supremely everything in uh, the entire universe Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 the fan you also know him from NFL Network it is Robert Beltmaker Bobby Belt thank you for joining the 750 absolutely anytime anytime I can do Tony Casillas a favor this isn't about you this is about Tony yeah TC what up it's how I usually start the show he wore number 75 playing for the Dallas Cowboys what number would you have worn if you ever played for the Cowboys Ooh, what the, see you'd have to assign me a position so what position, position do you I what play. position do you think you would have played? Mm, give me linebacker. Okay. And so. I always just growing up thought the like quintessential linebacker number was fifty two. Okay, so welcome to the fifty two O. That's what we're what we're doing here. Um incidentally yeah, perfect. Five two O is a but see that's an area code for Arizona. So it doesn't make nearly as much sense as y'all's thing. You and I did once talk to number fifty two for the Dallas Cowboys together, Andrew Gatchka. Good times. Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was one. That was one of the very earliest interviews we did. We have podcasts to get uh, together a lot. Uh, so when Tony was out, I knew of nobody else that I would rather call. Um, so that's my one compliment to you um, to get it out of the way. But Bobby, I want to do something very, very special today. Very special because you're a very special person. Oh, you're married, RJ. <laughs> okay, so um, <laughs> I'm not trying to be, you know naive to the fact that there are people talking all over the world people love the Cowboys right but in the spirit of trying to be unique I want to ask you two questions that I believe are not being asked about the Dallas Cowboys and I want you to ask me two questions that you believe are not being asked about the Dallas Cowboys Um, these can be as wide-ranging or as limited questions as you want they can be as obtuse or as ambiguous as you want it's up to you but but general principles questions wonderments that you believe are not being asked as it pertains to this team in our current moment do you understand the rules i do understand the rules do you want to go, go first, first or do you want to go second this you're the, you're the guest. yeah you yeah yeah dude do, do i ask two questions right out of the gate or do i ask one and you ask one and then so the way this works, it's a podcast, it's a conversation. You ask the question, I answer. We kind of like, you know, have a back and forth. And then I would ask a question and then, you know, kind of vice versa. And then, we, you know, you do your, your other one. Then I do I my gotcha. other one. I got gotcha. you. Okay. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Here's, here's, here's mine. Ready? Okay. Will Sean Payton coach the Cowboys in 2023? 
Why are you? Why? Why? Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. That's my one bit right out of the okay, gate. Okay. <laughs> sorry. sorry. Nice. Um, no, here's my question that I don't think is being discussed enough because I think it's an uncomfortable question for people, but it's one that definitely has to be confronted if you're talking about is Michael Gallup going to be here? Is Mari Cooper going to be here? Whatever. Has CeeDee Lamb disappointed? Has he not quite lived up to expectations? Not the expectations of where he was picked, but the expectations that were placed on him is like, this is the Cowboys' sixth overall player. This guy is a true number one receiver. Like, has he lived up to the expectations that people had for him? And can so, he be the number one guy? So I think that the, you know, the onus is on the other person to actually answer the question. So just so you know, you have to actually answer my question besides, like, wondering it out loud. We're kind of making the rules up as we go sure. along. I think sure. the answer is yes, he's disappointed. I, I don't know how it's not yes. I You know, we did a roundtable table. I think it was like midway through the season. And, you know, at the end of it, I asked who's the biggest disappointment right now relative to expectations. Cause that's, that's part of what factors into it, obviously. And I suggested sure. CD at the time, because I mean, he was supposed to be the, like, you know, how, how many times did you see a tweet that was like, wow, remember when the Dallas Cowboys got CD land with the 17th overall pick, it was this, like the whole NFL let CD fall to number 17 and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And then he had the big training camp. And so it was like, this is the year CD becomes the alpha. It's only a matter of time until he becomes the alpha and he got opportunities. I know he didn't get to play out of the slot primarily. And so that affects things a little bit, but if you're an alpha, you find a way. And, and so, I mean, he has injected doubt, at least into my mind, and I'm, I'm sure yours and a lot of other people's, about whether or not he can be the dude if Michael Gallup doesn't return and Amari Cooper is moved on from. I, I would I would feel uneasy about having just CeeDee Lamb be the guy if that were to be the ultimate case in a few months. Yeah, I think that that's right. And I think that, you know, I you just look at, like, the first half against Kansas City before he had the concussion. Like, he didn't look like the dude. And look, I think he's a really good player, but I mean, there were times this year, Tampa Bay, um, I think New Orleans was another one of those games where it's like, he was having issues like catching the ball in traffic. And like, if you're going to be the number one guy, you got to be a guy who can complete, you know, those catches when you go over across the middle of the field, when there's all that, you know, traffic congested area and stuff like that. And to this point, he has not consistently been that guy. And I don't think he's consistently been the guy that everybody thought he was going to be after the catch. Like there were so many people who thought he was going to be this, like take a smoker out and like run 40 yards down the field guy. And we have not like consistently seen a lot of the yards after catch thing that I think people expected and that people saw at Oklahoma. Now you can argue, I guess, but that's something that's on Kellen Moore too, like that there's not been enough design to like give him those opportunities. But I think that while he's been a, a good receiver and I think everybody's happy to have him and I don't think anybody would not select him again if he was sitting right there. I do think that he's not quite lived up to what people thought he'd be at this point. I think a year ago when people suggested that Justin Jefferson was the best receiver from the class, a lot of people fairly said, you know, some, some version, well, some, some version of well, you know, CD didn't have Dak for the whole year. CD would have, you know, broken the rookie record if he'd had Dak for the whole year, blah, 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 whatever. And that argument was fair. But I don't know how you can have fairly say that CD is better than Justin Jefferson right now. I mean, right? Like, is there is there any question that as of right now, Justin Jefferson is the best receiver from the class of 2020? Yeah, 100%. Justin Jefferson's better. Uh, now, and I know it's different classes, but like Jamar Chase and other guys who have right. come out since then are better receivers. Um, I'm going to assume you'll know the answer to this because every time I think I've got you with one of them, you you do surprise. This is not my question, to be fair. 
But how many times this season did CD Lamb cross 100 yards? Not that that's the end all be all, but how many times? How many yards did he finish with? He Just finished over a thousand this season with over a thousand. Yes, uh, in totality, 1102. Three times. Can you name the three times? Ooh, uh, probably not, but let's give it a shot. I'll say that he did it against. Ooh, geez. Um, I'm like blanking out on which games he would have done it again. Uh, did he do it against Washington? No. Neither time. No. That's what it's rats. Uh, he did it against New England. That's one. That's, that's correct. That was his season high, but he did have the overtime game what? winner, which, which kind of, you know, inflates it a little bit, but whatever. I mean, he still crossed it, though. Uh, so I'll say he did it against New England. Did he do it against um, Philadelphia? He did not. Carolina? He did not. Damn it. See, these uh, are not even, like, memorable was, performances. It was New England. Uh, he also did it the following week. Well, actually, two weeks later against Minnesota when Dak was not there. And the other time, which I was kind of stunned, was Tampa. 104 yards on the season opener. So look at he went over 100 against Tampa. Wow, I didn't, didn't know. I just remember that being the game where he dropped three passes. Do you know how many times? This is my last CD question. How many times CD in his 32 career games with the Dallas Cowboys? Again, he's supposed to be the alpha. How many times he's had multiple mm-hmm. touchdowns in a game? Oh, Receive, receiving um, receiving touchdowns to be clear, because he had the onside yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, as a rookie right against San Francisco um, twice. Uh, you are incorrect. It was three times, or it has been three times so far. Um, yeah, he did it. He did it I once as a rookie. He did it against Cleveland when, in the loss, and yep. then he did it against New England. Which again, I'm not trying to take away from that. Like it counts, but it was in overtime. You know, I mean, I think that's just you know an interesting qualifier. And then he did it in Atlanta when they just kicked the crap out of them. Shout out to the monkey butt. So yeah, I know you love that. You know, that's a, that's a <clears throat> monkey butt and watermelons. That's what Mike McCarthy brings to the table. So, but that's the interesting thing, that's why you had to bring him back next year. The interesting thing to me, do you remember the day of that Atlanta game? Like the actual day it took place? Yeah, it was a Sunday. <laughs> it was November 14th. Okay. <laughs> November 14th. Yep. And it was week 10. Week after Denver. So yep. CD caught two touchdowns that day. He did not catch a single touchdown the rest of the season. Isn't that crazy? That's, that's very surprising to me. That's nuts, dude. Like, when you really think about it, that's insane. No, I mean, that's he, insane. He, he missed uh, the like, I, mean, I genuinely would have thought. See, but, but, I mean, he's not been a big touchdown producer since he got here so far. No, but no touchdowns. And again, I'm not trying to, like, just play, like, you know, box score, but no touchdowns, no games over 100 yards. I mean, just really, is part really. Of that the way they, is part of that the way they call things in the red zone, though? Like, for Dalton Schultz and... You know, yeah, I mean, it's, running. it's stupid. I'm not putting all the blame on CD to be fair, but I mean, you know, it just, it sucks. So, um, good question. Good way to start. Great job. To do, great way to depress everybody. Thanks. Thanks, um, man. Okay. Uh, are you ready for my question? Are you ready? My first no. one. Are you sure? But go ahead anyway. Okay. So you did a great job of actually asking the question with an answer, like a yes or no thing. Mine is more of a what if. I did. And so it's, uh, it's going to be difficult for you to answer, but it is. So you're uh, the worst. Got it. You uh, prefaced your question by saying, you know, a lot of people might not be asking this because it's, you know, it's confronting some difficult emotions. And I think that's this is a season of, you know, 
this is a season of, of or an off season rather of some some hard truths for people. You know, there's a lot of looking in the mirror that has to happen here. Um, but anyway, what if Dak doesn't return to form? Right, like that's that's the general like assumption. Season? Right, yeah. Like what what if I mean, this is a really simple way to say it. But what if what if the second half of the season is who he is now? You know, like what what if we've seen the peak? You know what? What, what if then what, you're then, then you're out of Super Bowl contention for the next three years. You have no chance. So that's what it is because you're you're locked into this contract. It's going to be considered an albatross on the cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't win a Super Bowl with him playing the way he played in the second half of the season. You can't win playoff games with him playing the way he did in the season. He's got to be better. And so if that happens, like if that's the reality that you're looking at, you're looking at you've wiped out for the next three years. And I don't I care this, who you hire. You could, you could go hire Bill Belichick. It doesn't right. matter. You you I, are not winning a Super Bowl. I had this thought in the lead up to the Super Bowl last week, and I don't know how I don't know how much I believe in this my own thought, but I I do kind of believe that if a quarterback is going to win a Super Bowl for a team, it's generally going to happen within five or so years of arriving with that team, or, and not even really win a Super Bowl. But if there's going to be like a high point of success. And I know the Bengals, you know, got to the Super Bowl, not necessarily on the back of Joe Burrow, obviously had a great defense, but Joe Burrow got there in his second season. Matthew Stafford, his first season with the Rams. You look at the success that other players have had. Patrick Mahomes, obviously, within his first five years. Tom Brady wins it with Tampa within his first five years. What Josh Allen has done, the success he's had has been within was his first five years. Super Bowls won by Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers with their teams or within their first five years as starters with those teams. So, I mean, like, I kind of, it's like, my point is, it's, if, if if the proposal's not happening within five years, like it's generally not coming. Like the I, you're you're either one of those guys or you're Philip Rivers and, and or Tony Romo if you if you want to call it that. And like Dak entering year six right now is trending towards that end of the spectrum. I hate to say that, but but who's, is that the, who's not- the prime example? Who's the prime example of going against that? Elway. Yeah, that's the only one that I could. And like there are exceptions to the rule. And I mean, Elway still was making them early on in his career. They're somewhat early on. Somewhere exactly. That like, well, he made he made three. You know what I mean? Like, it was clear that like he was amazing. But like, if you look back at the last like twenty years of Super Bowls, there are quarterbacks who have won it past their first five years. Like, but it's it's your Brady's and Peyton's, and even then, Peyton's Broncos Super Bowl appearances and, and the one win happened within his first yeah, five Peyton, seasons Peyton of joining Colts, them. Peyton Colts is your best. Peyton Colts is going to be your best argument, actually. Yeah, I, that was he year, didn't even make it till 06 or whatever. That was year nine, I think, for him. Season nine for him. Year eight. So, but, but that's my point. Like, it, it's either going to happen early on or you're going to be Peyton Manning or John Elway, right? <laughs> right? Like, but to your right. point, John Elway made it early. Even, even Troy, you know, like if you want to keep it Cowboys, like it was early on. Steve Young early on. Brett Favre, th- those were early on in their careers with those teams as starters, Kurt Warner with the Rams, um, you know, I mean, you have your, your one-offs. Kurt like Warner your, with the Cardinals. Exactly. You have your, your Ravens early on and your uh, Buccaneers early on, but even Joe Flacco with the Ravens, that was his fifth year. You do have the Eli ones as well, which again are, are weird, but Ben Roethlisberger, his, his highest amount of success came early. No, Eli, Eli was, Eli was four years in. Well, I'm talking the second one. That 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 is a little yeah, you know. but I mean he he won his first. So like at that point he's already cleared the hurdle. Right. He's but a Super Bowl winning quarterback at that point. You're you're right that Peyton is the the answer to the the guy who breaks through. But if you're not Peyton, you're Philip Rivers, you're Tony Romo, you're Alex Smith. Um you, like and I hate to say it, but Dak is trending in that direction. Is he not? Like you're he's about to be at year six. Like he's no longer 
you know, the young up and comer type guy, you know what I mean? Like he's established. He's been in the NFL for a very long time. You know, I love to play the, the gap game. He was drafted six years ago. There's the same distance of draft time between now and Dax drafting as there was between Dax drafting and Dez's drafting. Ew. That's, That's crazy. Disturbing. But so, yeah, like if like what if this is who he is? And, and my secondary question with that is we touched on Romo like neither of us is going to sit here and knock Dak as a leader and how awesome he is. And I don't mean to say that right now as some sort of demerit or negative thing, but just really quickly. Yes or no. He's a much louder and like more public leader than Tony Romo. Just yes or no. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. So that being said, that kind of stuff will start to get really annoying to people. If you're getting further and further and further into your career and you're not having main you know, mainline success. You know what I'm saying? Like it will start to fall on deaf ears and that hasn't happened. Oh, dude, dude, every, everybody was tired by the end of the season about y'all are struggling. and like people looking for answers and Dak saying things like, you know, uh, well, we only care about what these guys say. We don't listen to the outside yep. noise. In fact, I, <clears throat> I've, I've, this is not my question, but like, this is one thing that I think needs to change is that you saw Cheeto this week talk about, you know, or last week talk about, it's football without the lights in Cincinnati. Like basically we don't need all the glitz and the glamor. Like it's going on in Dallas. You've heard Cole Beasley say some things like that. Like it's just about football in Buffalo. Sammy Watkins didn't want to come here because of the, you know, shine that was on this organization. So like, this isn't necessarily a, a new talking point and consistently Mike McCarthy and Dak and these other guys, and even Garrett used to talk about this about blocking out the noise, blocking out the noise. Like, I think one of the things that absolutely has to change with this organization is you can't block out the noise. Like right. you should not be telling guys to pretend noise doesn't exist. You need to be teaching them how to deal with noise is what it is. You need mm-hmm. to have them acknowledge that it's there and learn how to deal with it. Cause if you're just saying cover years, it doesn't exist. That's not going to work for forever. They are eventually going to hear it and then they're not going to know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there is a little bit of a, that needs to be a cultural shift this year. And it, it, it came through on DAC a couple of times, but I don't hear it. We, we listen, you know, we just pay attention to what's in this locker room. Okay. That's BS line. Or, like or everybody dude, when, when he was it. like, if, if people want to jump off the bandwagon, it's like, dude, y'all, what do you, what bandwagon? Like what success are people climbing on here? You know what I mean? Like that's now look, you, I feel like you're more pessimistic on DAC here than I am. Cause I still not, look at it within the context of, and not even that you're super pessimistic, but I think you're still, and look, Bear agrees with me. You hear that. There's, there's just a point where Dak, we're talking about half a year out of six. And if you want to say 2017 wasn't great, fine. You're still talking about a year and a half compared to four and a half years of success and four and a half years of consistent growth. I think he'll be fine next year. But if this is who he is and he is playing like this well into next year, you have a problem. I agree with that. Bear finally settled down. And that's why if, if, you know, if we were Jerry and Steven, who would be who, by the way, if we were Jerry and Steven? Um, I would be, I don't know. I don't think either one of us fits Steven necessarily. I'd be yeah. Jerry. Cause I feel like you're, you're going to be more conscious of the adult decisions that need to be made. Not that Jerry's not, but like, <laughs> I mean, I think that I'd be, I'm more emotional than pragmatic. You're more pragmatic than emotional. Right. Right. A true pinky in the brain situation here. Uh, I'm not down on Dak to be clear. I'm just I, like that. This conversation has to be had. That's really all. all you I'm, said he I'm, sucks. I heard it. You called him Alex Smith. But um, like what I agree with you. And that's why, like, if, if we were Jerry and Steven, I would be terrified of letting Amari walk. 
because you're you're just retreating to the wide receiver by committee approach. Like we just talked about how CD in, isn't necessarily able to do things, you know, on his own. Why would you purposefully craft that situation? But okay, uh, let's get to your second question. What is it and why? Go. Um, so again, this might be a I might be reading in too much here. Um, never, and again, this is a never, yes or no. never, never would that happen by Bobby Bell. They are, they, they are in, they're, they're in some, some cap, you know, stickiness right now. And they can save $5 million if they just release Anthony Brown, which $5 million is a nice little chunk to carve out. Um, that's similar amounts you've gotten to restructuring guys before. So free up $5 million just by releasing him. You have Kelvin Joseph waiting in the wings. Calvin Joseph really did not get a crack until it was absolutely necessary at the end of the year. Given the fact that you have these draft picks behind you, you have a savings here. Would you take it as a signal if they did not release Anthony Brown, even with the savings there, is that a troubling sign about how they feel about Calvin Joseph? I think it depends how you define troubling because it would it would be troubling in that he would not they, they'd be they'd be committing to not wanting him on the field for the first two years and this isn't a quarterback position this is a right. position where you should be on the field within two years oh and not only that but uh i mean it's, it's like uh, that's obviously true but a position where you are not historically good at, at this it, like you know what i mean like this mm-hmm. would be a, another second round corner right after chitabay wuze just had an interception in the super bowl uh, another one that you, you know, uh, you know, it's hard to say missed out on even two years in, but you know, it would be frustrating to your point. So again, like, and that's what I mean is like define troubling, like on the one to 10 panic scale, I know you're not saying it's a 10, but it's definitely like a five or six, maybe even seven, because you're right. You should be ready at this point. And Kelvin Joseph obviously had some issues that, you know, obviously, you know, had other teams keeping them away from him. And and he was kind of your consolation prize, right? You know, to Patrick Sertan and, and JC Horn being gone. And I don't think anybody is upset about that, you know, given what Micah Parsons became. But I mean, it would suck. I mean, that's how I would say it. I would I wouldn't say it would be troubling. It would suck. It would not be ideal. Um, and it, it would be cause for concern. But I again I, I wouldn't say troubling unless he didn't play at all. But that, you know, that is still a, a possibility. But again, that would, to me, that would be a sign of a larger problem and that they just cannot evaluate this position. Who's the last DB they drafted that was awesome? Byron Jones. Well, good thing they kept Trayvon Diggs. Diggs. Okay, Tra- okay, Trayvon is the exception, though. Like, in a lot of ways. But outside Trayvon, so they're one for 10, right, with counting Trayvon? Sure. I mean, I think when you're talking about value, I think that Anthony Brown was a good hit in the six. I think Donovan Wilson was a good hit in the six. Well, that's right, baby. I love those sixth round guys starting for me in my secondary. That's what that's what it's all about. Such a jerk. Um, How many? Well, 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 and slight, slight, slight follow up, slight follow up. And then I'll get in mind. This is just a quicker. I'm just curious if you would interpret it this way. Should we interpret it as troubling or should we interpret it as? They believe they're close, and so they're willing to ride it out another year to make sure there's a veteran in there instead of a younger player who could possibly cost them through growing pain. I think and that it's, it's not necessarily an indictment of Calvin Joseph. It's just his age and experience, and they want a veteran like Anthony Brown in there when they feel they're close. I think it's more likely that, and I think they're more likely to lean in that direction in a lot of decisions because they they believe that, right? Like, And that's really silly. Um, I'm not saying they're terrible, but you know, like, like who, like hope is not a strategy is what people love to say. Like that's, that is their strategy. Is it not right now? Like hope that's really all they got. I mean, like what? Yeah. I mean, the, con- the, the whole continuity line is hope. 
we right. hope it's going to like continue to build. Hope is their entire strategy, to be honest, um. outside of drafting. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. So that segues, me, that segues me into my final question. Um, which is actually kind of a play on your first joke question. So yes, I would fire Mike McCarthy. Well, okay. But yes or no, a lot of Cowboys fans in your estimation, you have a great pulse on, on, on Cowboys nation. You speak for the nation. Um, yes or no. I do. Yeah. Yeah. A, a lot of people believe that the Cowboys will disappoint this year, that Jerry Jones will fire Mike McCarthy and that he will find a way to acquire Sean Payton to be his head coach starting in 2023. Just yes or no, you think people believe that. A lot of people believe that. Yes. Okay. Do you think, and I'm not asking you to report anything, but do you think on some level the Cowboys kind of have that or think they have that as this like, you know, up their sleeve trick they can play if crap hits the fan in 2022? Yes. Okay. I also wonder, okay, are you setting up further from there? Yeah, I'm setting up for my question. Just... Yeah, I'm setting up. Okay, That's not okay, my question. Go ahead. My question is, Say that 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 hypothetical plays itself out. The Cowboys disappoint. Mike McCarthy, you know, continues to Mike McCarthy it up and they they move on from him in the hopes of landing Sean Payton. Finally. Right. Like, you know, the you know, these these two high school lovers finally, you know, at their 20 reunion are, are both single and able to, you know, get together. And you whatever. finally sleep with her. Yeah, this is this is going to happen. But what if what if Sean Payton doesn't want to coach the Cowboys? And, and maybe it's not even that he doesn't want to coach the Cowboys. Maybe like, what if, what if Andy Reid retires in the off season, next off season? What if, what if Sean McVay comes back this year and retires then? What if Bill Belichick retires? Like, you know, what if there's a more appealing opening? What if he just likes television? You know what I mean? If, if that's what he ult- like, I mean, I know he's you know heavily. Peter King me. talked about that this week. I mean, my, that's what I'm saying though. Like, what, what if he, for whatever, whatever the opportunity, what if he just likes retirement? Like, what, what if he likes spending time with his family? Like, what if he just likes whatever, some, something else more than the opportunity to coach the Dallas Cowboys? I think it's asinine that this would be some sort of plan. And I, I know you're not like actually saying that's what this is, but like, that is crazy to me that you're banking on this hypothetical that may not even materialize. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, it's, it's insane. And then like, you would be stuck. You would be stuck in the most stuck possible way. No, 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 no. So here's the, here's the way I think they view it. Uh, how have the Cowboys historically handled filling their needs relative to free agency in the draft? Um, they, 
I mean, they don't. They they, like, they generally they, they they do some like you know they spackle over with bargain bin free agents. Right. Okay. I, I didn't go, exactly know exactly what your we question got contingencies. was. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We got contingencies at every spot. That way, whatever we get, whatever. Ah, I get what you're draft, saying. We're yeah. just okay. free to so, pick. Okay. The, the, the so. To answer they, Bobby's they, question they, for everyone, they they fill their holes to some degree in free agency so that they're they're free to draft however comes their way. Is your your question? Gotcha. Yes, they're they're big on contingencies. So I think Sean Payton is the draft pick they want, and Dan Quinn is the contingency. Ooh, I think that they've got Dan Quinn here and locked up and and keeping him here another year because. They weren't necessarily ready to make a change this year to convince him to stay. So the challenge was getting him here for another year so that by the end of next year, if Sean Payton's not available, they can offer him the job. And if Sean Payton is available once the job, then they're not necessarily going to be bugged about where Dan Quinn goes. I mean, it would hurt, but they also recognize he's got to take a head coaching job somewhere. So I would say that, uh, I, I mean, look, he talked about having to fight to keep Dan Quinn and in the same breath mentioned Sean Payton and Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett, he eventually hired his head coach. Sean Payton, he's always wanted to be his head coach. So he clearly views Dan Quinn as head coaching material here. And so I think that what he set it up for is he'd like Sean Payton if things fall apart with Mike McCarthy next year. And I think there's a window where Mike McCarthy can save his job. Like if they make the Super Bowl, I don't know that they fire Mike McCarthy. Um, but I think that... They're setting it up to where they can target Sean Payton. And if Sean Payton likes broadcasting or whatever else, if things fall apart with McCarthy, they can just elevate Dan Quinn. I think that's fair. I think that's actually really rational. I still don't think it's wise. Um, I'm nothing if not rational. But like, so like play the the Dak game I kind of made up with Dan Quinn. Like who's, who's, the, who's the Peyton Manning of coaches? Like the one to finally break through. Like I think it happens more often with coaching than it does with quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Like you see coaches like like Bruce Arians. Uh, ever? Who's, the, who's the first one ever to do it? No, but like Andy Reid. Oh, like okay, there's yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like Andy is a great example. Bill Cower recently. Bill, Bill Cower. Okay, so it's it's still not that often. Like generally speaking, if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen soon. And so I not saw to a tweet. It's funny when you started talking about this with the quarterbacks. I was thinking, I was like, didn't I see this on Twitter recently? It was not on Twitter about the quarterbacks. It was about coaches and how coaches spending five years with their teams before they win a Super Bowl, and how that it's very rare you have coaches that win a Super Bowl more than five years after when they first arrive. And I remember Andy Reid was one uh, cower because it was it was in context of talking about like, hey, it might be do or die time here for Sean McDermott in Buffalo because then he's fighting history, mm-hmm. and so. Those are ones that say Chuck, uh, Chuck Knoll was that way in Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh's done it twice. Right. But so um, Tom if Landry, ta- Tom if Landry, Tom Landry didn't win for more than a decade. That's true. But if you're talking recent, you know, history, I wouldn't even say modern. Like recent, just, recent Andy Reid and Bill Cowher are the best examples. Probably. That's maybe Tony Dungy too. like to go back to Peyton. Like they kind of broke through both. Um, sure. But you know, still, I mean, like part of that is having Peyton Manning, not to take away from Tony Dungy. You know what I mean? But um, by the way, random question. Do you view, Andy Reid, do you think Andy Reid will historically be remembered more as the Eagles head coach or the Chiefs head coach? I think he'll more historically be remembered as the Chiefs head coach. And on the subject of Peyton Manning, I'll have a follow-up. Do you think Peyton is more, like, in terms of just, again, like, recently, do you kind of, like, remember him more as a Bronco or as a Colt? Because I'm kind of lean Bronco. 
I, yeah, I think that's just the freshness of it. Um, I don't think it's quite like Montana to Kansas city, even though I think that's how people viewed it initially. Um, I'm trying to think who's maybe a good comparison for that in any sport. Um, well, like whatever. for what Peyton did, but yeah, I, I view him more as a cult. I think Back I mean, to- obviously have recent memories of him in a Broncos uniform, but I still view right. him largely in history as a cult. Well, like this is a really small thing, but, um, when they were doing the Manning cast, he had, you know, those whoop, uh, like activity trackers, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. He had, I saw you had one on during the Manning cast and the band was orange, but it was like Broncos orange. And I just kind of feel like, you know, like if, if Peyton had to choose, like it was again, like, Hey, what color whoop strap do you want? Do you want Colts blue or Broncos orange? I feel like he's just always going to lean Broncos orange. Like he just, you know, who do you, who do you remember Kurt Warner? as? I remember him as a Cardinal actually. Okay. And I think that so you're, you're, you're all about how they finished the career. I actually Kurt didn't even win a Super Bowl in Arizona. I low key kind of hate the Cardinals for that. Like, I think it's the lamest thing that the Cardinals have like Carson Palmer in their ring of honor. That's so weird to me. I like that one's weird. Are like, you going to remember Brady as a Buccaneer? No, again, that's a you know extremely unique thing. But, um, okay. but anyway, so my like Dan Quinn, though, back to this point, had his success early on, right? Like got to the Super Bowl early on with the Falcons, like damn near won the whole thing. Like, so you have to wonder like, and I'm not saying Dan Quinn's a bad option, but like you can play that game. Like if it's going to happen, it's generally going to happen soon. And you mentioned Sean McDermott, obviously he hasn't been to the Super Bowl or won the Super Bowl, but like he's had high levels of success. He's been to the AFC championship game. Like their team is awesome. Damn near made it again this year. So like, you know, well, Mike, McCar- Mike McCarthy's got a lot of success. He knows how to win in this league. He knows uh, how to win Super Bowls. Uh, let's be honest. He, he's a, he's an accomplished head coach. Anyway, um, those are all his words, by the way, not mine. Wow. Literally his words. Um, great. So, uh, well, you know, we'll see what happens with Dan Quinn, Sean Payton, Mike McCarthy, the whole crew. Um, this Can is I ask fun... you one more quick question, please? Of course. Because it came up yesterday when I was talking to Jeff Cavanaugh at 105 Through the Fan. Okay. Would you try and get a, uh, a cheap deal on rehabbed Odell Beckham? I saw a tweet that said uh something i think it was joey axe that tweeted if you're gonna have if you're gonna sign a receiver that tours acl it should be odell not michael gallup do you agree with that like if you had to have one of them in terms of as players yes i'd be more concerned about a guy who's torn his acl twice though in two years right i agree with that but I mean, there's no there's no question that odell has a higher ceiling like as much as we both love michael gallup so yeah, yeah i i think I think you have to be interested if you're the Cowboys. Like, how can you not be? Like, especially if you, if Gallup leaves and you don't, if you move on from Amari, like, how can you not be? That would be irresponsible to not, you know, especially if you can get him on the cheap, you know, given the injury. I mean, like, I'll flip that. Would, you, would, Cow- you, would you rather have Juju or Odell? Oh, yeah. As oh, a free agent? 100%. 100% Odell. 100%. Okay. Interesting. Now, this is like, again, this is kind of a stupid waste of time because, you know, you already outlined the Cowboys free agency plan. But say they move on from Demarcus Lawrence. I know you've talked about that, you know, a few times for the last few weeks and, and upset some people, to say the least. Yeah, I don't but, know what the hell I'm talking about. But I saw that if they move on, even if they don't move on, but if they move on, should they be interested in Von Miller? No. Why not? No. I, I, like, I mean, I know Von Miller's still, a, you know, a high performer. There are a lot of reasons I don't necessarily want to talk about on air that I would not. Well, he's an Aggie, and all Aggies are wonderful. Just can you at least say that? 
Um, look, I would be down with them drafting Nagy in the first round. Go get me Kenyon Green, the uh, guard tackle combo. Go you kind of say that. So I'd be, I'd be okay for that. Uh, my last thing, and then we'll get out of here. We'll see what the landscape of the NFC looks like, but we know. By the way, really quickly, really, really quickly, I love how the podcasts end the same way our phone conversations do, which you guys are oh, not yeah, like, privy to what, those. But they one always last end thing, consistently really with us yeah. saying one more thing, and then I really got to go, and then it goes on like that four or five more times. Uh, right. So my actual, for real, like inconclusive, or actually conclusive, the last thing, um, I kind of forgot what I was saying. Um, oh, I remember that. We'll see what the landscape of the NFC looks like. We know Brady's retiring. Like, that's 100%. Maybe Sean McVay retires. Maybe Aaron Donald retires. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is gone. Maybe Russell Wilson's gone. Maybe Deshaun Watson joins the NFC. Like, again, there's some shuffling that's going to happen around here. But it, it does seem like it's it's there for the taking, at the very least, right? Like, in a loose sense. And so, sure. I mean, like, this goes without saying, and I hate to I hate to ask this question, but, like, if the Cowboys, like, they have that streak going, right? Like, where they haven't made the playoffs or had success in back-to-back seasons in since, what, 06, 07? You know what I mean? And so, yep. and there's also the streak of, like, since 2004, a, a team repeated as NFC's champions. Like, you know, they, they've already, to me, like, for anyone who is, like, riding hard on the McCarthy train, and I don't know that anybody exists in that sense, but if, if they collapse this season because that's what happens right like you and i we've talked about this a billion times if they collapse and they go nine and eight or eight and nine and they miss the playoffs by a game or whatever you know etc mike mccarthy was supposed to be the difference right like he that's you know i'm not trying to say like firing garrett wasn't or dismissing garrett or not bringing it back was a mistake but he was supposed to be the difference he was supposed to be better than garrett He's, he was supposed to take you places that, that the ceiling on garrett prohibited you from reaching and so yeah if, mojo if he, mondays were supposed to bring you super bowls so if if you, if you do not like if you're the same team, if you regress to that form, if you disappoint, if you miss the playoffs, like you always have after seasons of success, you are no different. You know what I'm saying? Like, like and, and so I don't know how McCarthy can't be gone immediately. So, like, again, I hate to say, like, if the Cowboys miss the playoffs, are they moving on from Mike McCarthy? But if the Cowboys miss the playoffs, they had to move on from Mike McCarthy. Right. Like, there's no way that, that they can bring him back if that's the case. Look, I I know they can't. And I said this again yesterday with G-Bag in the context of talking about Odell, is that you may have your reservations about acquiring a guy like him or whatever else. We are 26 years deep into like no Super Bowl results Mm. as much as they believe in their process. It's failed for 26 years. And it's a it is a method that could bring them a Super Bowl. But for 26 years, bro, that's bad. That's a a really bad string of luck here. Um, So to me. Not on every occasion, but like I would start going against my gut in a few instances. Right. Like I think this needs to be the off season of going against your inclination oh, on a few things. So, so if it's like this is a talented player, but we think this or that, or he's not like, just forget what you think about this or that. Is he a good player? Good. Go against your gut and see if it makes a difference. So one of Bobby's favorite movies is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It and, is my favorite movie. Right. I mean, well, yeah, I didn't want to give away the farm. You know what I mean? But um, number one. You're you're proposing a different Jim Carrey methodology, disposition. Yes, man. That's what you're saying. Just be yes, just say yes to everything. You know what I mean? Like just, you know, yeah. just just do it. Like what what you know, be go against the grain. Or, or like, George, George in uh science. Just right. like yeah. yeah, go against yeah, go against what you think. Yeah. Or like um, like Dwight in the office. Like, I think, like, would an idiot do this? And if they would, I do not. That's exactly like the mentality that they need. Um, wow. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, 26 years. Like, it's I mean, like, I, like, like what? if you think like we can't release Zeke because there's no like cap benefit. 
do it. Just yeah, go like, against it, maybe. Just say, well, yeah, but you want to get Tony Pollard more touches, so make the move. I don't go against how, what your calculator says. I don't know how the Rams winning the Super Bowl doesn't scream that in their face. Like they care. What what was their cap it from Jared Goff this year? You know what I mean? They did it. Like they, <laughs> like you know what I mean? They, yeah, it, it, they figured it, it out. They they found a way. They figured it out. Uh, my I, I, again, proof to Bobby's point. But for real, last thing, how, like, <laughs> do you feel like we're in a different spot culturally with the Cowboys where Troy and Emmett and Irvin? I think Emmett and Irvin a little bit more, or Irvin specifically, where they're just like, I mean, this is the seven five zero where Tony Casillas is normally here, so it, it is kind of a, a a legends show, so to speak. But like to me, it says something that that even Irvin is like, man, like. Nah, like this ain't it. Like, like when you're when you're front and center hype man, like can't even do this for you anymore. Like Troy scolding them is really scary. You know what I mean? Like I feel the disappointment in his voice. Troy has done that before, but yeah, it's becoming like a little bit of wave. Like Dion going like, I never want to coach for the Cowboys. Like he said this week, and he's like, I love the Cowboys. I wouldn't want to coach the Cowboys in the NFL. That's not my my desire like Irvin who does the pregame hype video for the stadium of like, let's go like that whole thing. He's going on interviews the weekly up to I'm like, yeah, I don't know if they can beat San Francisco y'all like, uh, you know, San Francisco is really tough for them. And so like, it just, there seems to be legends down through the fans seem to be so tired. Like there is so much fatigue. It may have taken 26 years. There is real Cowboys fatigue right now and real Cowboys apathy from people who have, you know, talked a big game about, oh, I'm never watching it. I'm not buying it. And then they still come back every year. Right. I, and maybe we'll, we'll see over the course of the off season. Maybe that's the thing. They have enough time to cool down. And by the time the season rolls back around, they forget about it. Maybe that's why this happens. But I feel like there's more apathy and I, or not even necessarily apathy, apathy, anger, like frustration, depression, whatever. There is more negative dispositions towards the Cowboys from the fan base than I think has that there has been at this point of the off season in forever. There's it, always been silly reasons for hope or whatever else. This was a crushing disappointment with one of your best rosters and you felt frustrated with the coaching staff and I think, and they ultimately made no changes. And I think so it's, it's like, okay, well, like, I don't buy what you say anymore. I, and this is something I've talked about, like the frustrating thing, I think for people. And the, the reason I think people have a difficult time squaring this particular season ending loss is you know, there's there's been like a reason there's been a moment you can point to and kind of say, like, we got robbed. You know what I mean? Like, like if, if not, like if we move the goalposts just a little bit here, our fortunes are different. But this is like you said, it's an extremely talented roster. You got all the success defensively that you've never really had before. You had this offense that, you know, in, in some cases was the number one offense in the NFL. And you you not only failed. But you lived up to the meme. You know what I mean? Like, like you you became what like all every Cowboys fan or, or former player, or whatever, what all the like haters and friends in their lives like joke about the Cowboys being like you you lived up to that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you were the punchline. And that's that's a difficult thing to get over, I think, for a lot of people. Um, and so I they, they spent 36 years building a legacy of America's team and like championships and everything else. We're talking about the last 26 years. We're getting close to like leading up to the point where they've, they've gone almost as long, not quite, right. but they're, they're getting to the point where they're almost as far away from their last Super Bowl as they were from, you know, the beginning the, of their the franchise. The beginning of the Super fifth. Bowl era. Yeah. Yeah. And so you look at that progression and the last 26 years has been a legacy of excuses from the team and from mm -hmm. the fans and, 
well, if Romo doesn't bobble the snap, if this doesn't happen against the Giants, yeah, well, Patrick you know, Creighton, if yeah, on and on, if and on, this right. guy doesn't get hurt, you know, like it becomes a le- and I think like even the fans, even the most homerish who wants to fall back on an excuse and alleviate all responsibility is tired and they're running out of them. It and feels- so I think people are just kind of, you know, giving up on it. I, 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 I bet you, I, I don't know this for a fact. I bet you it bugged Jerry Jones that only two people cared enough to show up at senior bowl when people, the beat knew he'd be talking Two reporters were there. And one of them was with the team. I agree with you. I will say um, my last line, cause you brought up Jerry. Um, I like to tease Bobby about not having seen shows like the office and stuff like that. So I'm asking this sincerely. Have you seen succession? Are you one of those people that have seen succession? I watched the first season. I have not watched past that yet. Okay. So I, I'm trying to catch up. I'm only three episodes in. So, but I understand the general premise of the show. I'm politely asking all listeners, no spoilers, please. It's, you know, kind of a, a next few weeks project is to catch up. I got a baby at home. You know what I mean? Like I got some free time while feeding him and stuff. So anyway, um, but to me, like, I think everything you described, the apathy, the, you know, the, depression and all that. I think that that exists with regards to the entire team, but I think there's a a larger portion of that served on Jerry's plate than in seasons past. I think even like, you know, his, his first, you know, I know he did the second one, but his season ending interview on the fan, there was a lot of like, whatever, dude, like, you know, when he was all like people accused him of of faking his outrage, you know what I'm saying? And so to me, he like, especially with regards to, and and bear does agree Uh, bear. I'm trying to make a point here. You're ruining the, the buildup. But, you know, Bear's like, it, don't you dare slander Jerry Jones. Right. But like, so with like through the prism of, of like a succession based thing, Troy, the triplets, mm-hmm. let's just look at them. They're kind of like the the children. Right. Uh, and Jerry's like the father that, that like built this empire of a business. And now they're like disappointed. You know what I mean? Like it's reached that point where they're like, dude, like this is a this this is a problem. Like, this, you know, like this this can go on no longer. Like is even, even they're calling out Jerry. I thought Emmett's quotes last week were really revealing, saying like, you know, you see time wasting, you see, you know, time passing like that. They're all just kind of fed up. Tony loves to joke here on, on this show about how his Super Bowl ring ages him. You know what I mean? Like it, it feels like like they've just reached this point where like they're they're proud of the family business, so to speak. But they're embarrassed by the the, the thing it's become. And I think that's that's a, a feeling and a mentality that a lot of people agree with. I, I would wonder if you could ask Jerry, because maybe he doesn't. But like, you know, this talk of like. I'd write any check. I do this or that. I, you know, I'm really angry. Yada, yada. Like, I'd be interested to like, just ask him and just say like, does it bug you? Not that you feel like you have to convince them or anything else. Like you, that that's a frivolous waste of time, but does it bug you that there are a lot of fans who have reached a point where they don't believe you when you say that anymore? I does bet that, it does. Does that not him. sit well with you? I, I bet mean, it, it has, does. It has I don't to, know. I don't, I don't know that he'd say it bugs him. I don't think it bugs Steven that people think that about them, but I think no. it bugs Jerry. Um, and I bet like, I, I like, I think, I think the, the difference here is you, you mentioned it. He loves to say, I would do anything. I would do whatever. And, but like you said it earlier, like what, what change did you make? Like I, I mentioned, he, he went on the fan. He was all, he was huffing and puffing and going to blow the, ho- the house down. But what did you do? Like what, what, what change happened? You know what I mean? Like what, what really is, is different here? You know, like you're, you're saying you would do anything. Well, I'm like, then what, what are you changing? Nothing is happening around here. So like, why, what my question would be, why should anyone not believe true. they hired Robert Prince? <laughs> my apologies. But the, the question I think a lot of people fake. would have would be, why should Freaking we believe losers, this? RJ. Why, why should we believe yeah. this if you're not going to do anything? And, and that's been a place 
where I don't think he's been before with people. I think people have always been willing to kind of buy the company line, right? Like they've always, at the end of the day, been willing to, to buy the jerseys and, and go to Oxnard for camp and plan their yearly trip to see a Cowboys game, whatever. And how about them Cowboys and buy the Cowboy readers and all this stuff like that. But now they're like, why? Like, what, what are you changing that that really is, is substantial or significant? Like every decision they've made as of late has been misguided, right? Like, think about the best things that have happened to them over, I don't know, maybe the last 20 years, they've lucked into. Micah, they lucked into. Dak, they lucked into. Romo, they lucked into. But everything with Dak and Romo, at least contractually, they're kind of like ruined, you know, especially Dak. So like, what what have they done that they designed, executed, and landed to perfection? I know, uh, yeah, I mean, there's been very little um, I mean, I think, I think 20, I think the 2020 draft, they executed pretty, pretty well. Sure. Like, like they, it, it wasn't that they, they weren't like, you know, blocked them. They weren't like, you know, somebody blocked them from making a mistake. And that, like, I think they executed that draft pretty well. I, I will say that it's funny. I was talking about this with somebody the other day who reports for one of the other teams, but like, it's funny to think about like, we, I know we all talk about the NFC East is like the worst division in football or whatever. A lot of people like will make that point. Uh, I think definitely without question, it is the most dysfunctional group of like oh, dude, run organizations sure. in the NFL. They are all like, I don't think, I, I don't think anybody views any of the franchises as being run optimally. In fact, the one that's probably the closest and they're not, run super well right now. The one that's probably the closest people say, I don't think so. I think they'd say the Eagles. Like the Giants have made some hires, but the Giants, like it's gotta be, we gotta see it. We can't just see a month of hires we think are good. Like leading up to that, everybody thought they were terrible. I agree with you. But still Um, the Giants do ridiculous things like their whole Chip Kelly fiasco and moving on from Doug Peterson earlier than they should have. And, uh, you know, some of the disasters with the the way they dealt with Carson Wentz and like, I mean, they, they're massively dysfunctional. Even in winning the Super Bowl in the last five years, they're massively dysfunctional. So to end this, I will say, I've actually been meaning for real to tell this you, time. Right? For real this time. I, I, I've been I've been meaning to tell you this on the phone um, at some point, and I just have forgotten. I think, like, if, if I had to dis- like to to point to something that is emblematic of what we have just been discussing for the last fifteen or so minutes, is is Jimmy Johnson's Ring of Honor situation, right? Like. How many times has Jerry said, like, he's going to go in? Like, and then you get, like, you mentioned the homers. Like, you, you get the, the fan that's like, well, Jerry said he's going in. So, like, why are you complaining or whatever? You know, they're shaking hands uh, prior to the Hall of Fame game. Jimmy's wearing the freaking Hall of Fame jacket, and, and Jerry's putting his arm around him, and, he, and he's hugging him. He's, like, he's going to go in or whatever. Okay, then why hasn't it happened? You know, like, you're the one person who has unilateral control and decision-making over this particular literal specific thing. So why has it not happened? And, and that to me is, is my, you know, in one way emblematic, you know, of why things don't happen because the control is right there, but the decision is still not being made for one reason or another. It's so funny too, because like throughout it all, people are always talking about like the brand and like the branding and stuff like that. Like the brand, like <clears throat> took a little bit of a hit this year too, I think. But like, like even something that they'd normally be on top of, they weren't like, how much did we see on social media? People complaining regularly about why can I not get a Trayvon Diggs seven Jersey anywhere? Right. Like, why can't this team that has always been so on top of their brain? Why can't they produce a Jersey for us? Like what's going on here? Like, like there's just a little bit, like there are ways that they're, they're 
they've failed. They're failing in ways that we haven't even normally seen them fail. Well, and they're they're only like one season removed. They're only one season removed from their their primetime game against the 49ers getting flexed out for a Giants Browns. You know what I mean? So like the shine has withered. I know they they bounced back this season, obviously, and, and then incidentally played them in the playoffs. But you know what I mean? Like that was that was, you know, and shout out to Jalen Smith for giving us an incredible line that day. But, you know, that was I never, ever would have thought that would have been possible. But here we are. And a lot of things that I never would have believed that would be happening before they did it again are happening. And so. But at the end of the day, Super Bowl week, like ESPN, like get up on ESPN was still leading with Cowboys talk. So maybe right. they don't care in the end. So what happens first? Jimmy in the Ring of Honor or they win the Super Bowl? I th- I think that they might he might throw Jimmy in the Ring of Honor this offseason because they need something like like we've been talking, you know, like that. That might be the strategy like crap, like, you know. We, we need something to distract some people. Let's put maybe, Jimmy in maybe but I thought I thought there was a surprising little amount of fanfare about the halftime ceremony with Jimmy this year. So I don't know that people are even going to care about that as much as they think they might. Mm. So what happens? I think first, it might just be like, well, yeah, should have been done a long time ago. Uh, what happens first? Um, Sorry, to, really, really quickly Jimmy, to that to that point. Jimmy. Well, to that point, whenever it does happen, if it's this year, it will turn into nothing but like ridicule. You know, like to your exact point, because like all the response will be this should have been this should have been done forever ago. You know, like there will be no praising of Jerry. It's, it will be nothing but you waited forever to do this and you shouldn't have done it. It's, it's, obviously, <laughs> obviously, this is not going to happen. It's so late in the process. And everything like that. But I'm just like sitting here thinking like one of the ways you could get the like fan base to freak out and be engaged, even though it'd probably be a terrible hire at this point, is if you pull the Washington and go and get Joe Gibbs and like you went like managed to pull him. Jimmy out after 20 years. <laughs> people would freak out. And even though, like, I think most people go, like, guys, he's been away from the game for 20 years. This probably isn't going to work. And, like, who knows how long he's actually sticking around. I think there'd be a bunch of people who'd just be, like, drunk off of it with excitement and be like, who cares? Jimmy's back. I actually am going to amend my uh, prediction and say that Jimmy does go into the Ring of Honor this coming season, but he does it with DeMarcus Ware and Tony Romo. So, so it's like, it's Jimmy, but it's also Jerry's two guys. You know what I mean? Like, like the dude, the two dudes that Jerry has like the most that way, like he can put him in without giving him all the focus. Right. And, and not only like that, but he's putting him in with, with, you know, arguably, and maybe Witten, maybe let's throw Witten into maybe, maybe it's just where, and then Romo and Witten going together at another point. But like it's he's going in with somebody who is like a shining example of the success of Jerry, the general manager, apart from Jimmy Johnson. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the specific like couching I, I predict to go along with the Jimmy entrainment. Is is the first day with Steven running things, like whether Jerry retires or whatever else, uh, is the very first day he's on the job they announced Jerry in the Ring of Honor? Oh, dude, for sure. A thousand percent. You know. I think that's 100% what happens. The very first day of Steven taking over, he puts Jerry in the ring of honor. Um, on Twitter at Bobby Or Belt the very CX, first day of Charlotte taking over. You know, whatever. You, you can hear him and see him at 105.3 The Fan um, or at um, a local Brahms. You like Brahms, you know? I love Brahms. There's a Brahms literally a mile away. Uh, less than a mile away from where I live, probably. Have you ever walked there? Yep. Okay. Good I walk you. by. I like. I walk regularly around our like neighborhood and like listen to podcasts like the Seven Five Zero. And as I'm walking around, like I walk right by the Brahms lot, but I also don't stop in usually because it's like this kind of defeats the purpose of me walking. Right, and right, right. getting ice cream or something. But mm-hmm. okay, uh, your favorite ice cream flavor, and then we leave. 
Uh, cookies and cream, I guess. Okay, not bad. All right, Bobby Bell, love you. Thanks for joining us. Love you all. 